Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Welcome back. Football Monday on WGR. The Bills smoke the Dallas Cowboys 31-10, running all over Dallas on the way to 8-6. Sal Capaccio, I believe, was at that game yesterday in Orchard Park, and... Also privy to what Sean McDermott had to say this afternoon. Sal, can we start there? The Jordan Phillips injury news is not great. Uh, what did we get from McDermott today? Yeah, guys. Um, good afternoon. Um, Sean McDermott said that Jordan Phillips is week to week. He had wrist surgery last night. Uh, so that he was injured late in the game because he had the sack. And it had to happen after that. Or I guess maybe it could have happened before that, I guess. But uh, he did leave the game after that. So we got the injury update. Didn't come back, so he's week to week. Um, we'll see how it goes here. I mean, playing that position, I guess it's possible he could play, you know, with you know some sort of brace or cast or whatever. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. And then Ty Johnson came out of the game with a shoulder injury. He went back in, but they're going to continue to evaluate him. And Micah Hyde and AJ Epinesa, McDermott said, are both improving. And obviously, they did not put either on IR Saturday night. So I think to me it's an encouraging sign they feel that you know one or both would be able to get back before their four-week window of having to shelve them on an injured reserve list. Recognizing that Phillips is just a you know a rotational guy on that D line, how, how big uh, how, how big a hole does that leave, Sal? I, I feel like he's he's at the top of that rotation. I guess is how I want to say it. Yeah, for sure he is. I mean he's an important player. He played uh, quite a bit yesterday. He had a really good game yesterday. I thought he was really effective. Um, you know I think the Bills have quite a bit of depth on D-line, but it's been tested. And without Daquan Jones, Jordan's role became even more important and more pronounced. Um, and on Daquan Jones, by the way, uh, McDermott really didn't give much. He said that, you know, they're going to continue to take it day by day. He did say last week or two weeks ago that he thought there was still, you know, a chance that he could return. So, you know, it'd be nice to get him back if you're going to lose Jordan. But in the meantime, Puna Ford will have to step up, I would think. You know, he'd be the next guy up. He's usually inactive. Uh, he'd be a guy you'd want. But 
know, they're different kinds of players. Jordan's a, a penetrator. Now, his sack, guys, he came – I don't know if you realize this. His sack yeah. came from him playing defensive end. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kicked out. And, you know, we don't really see that very much. And you know, you're not going to do that with Puna Ford. That just goes to show you the versatility of Jordan. Uh, he's played defensive end at 3-4, but in this particular alignment he was there, he penetrates from defensive tackle spot. Ford, Ford is more of a, um, you know, a run block, run stopper, and gap eater. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a significant loss if he's going to be out any length of time. Since we're on the Bills' defense here, Sal, what about their performance stands out to you? Uh, Dallas being able to put so, so such small numbers in this game, I mean, it it's, sticks out when you think about their season and what you've seen. 134 passing yards, maybe it was, for Prescott. What, what did the Bills do here to be able to achieve that? Aggressiveness, that's what stands out. I mean, they were. That was a really physical football game yesterday, guys. I mean, everybody, there was a lot of hitting going on, very aggressive. I mean, early in the game, a little bit of chippiness because of the couple of penalties and plays that were called there and, you know, guys getting hit, you know, like the, the Dak Prescott play and Josh. But um, they're, they've been physical, and they've been playing very fast and physical. That's what stands out to me. And when I, when I think about kind of how they've been able to approach the passing games here of these teams, I'm thinking about some of these games they've played and. Just all over receivers. It seems like Russell Douglas has been a, such a great, great addition yeah. to this defense. You know, he is just all over the receiver when it's thrown. He, yeah, he takes some chances, but I think they're calculated chances. He just seems like he sticks so well. I think Christian Benford has been in great position when they've gone man to man. They're mixing up. They're playing man to man. You never know what you're going to get from him, which is great. Um, you know, guys, you know me. I, I say it every week. I'm a big Cam Lewis fan, and you know, he's, he's he proved me right yesterday too. I mean, some plays he made yesterday. Really, you know, great to come in here, come in when he had to come in, and he's all over the field. You know, making plays when he has to, and and that just comes from the aggressive nature. And I think that they're just letting these guys fly around. And if they're going to make a mistake, they're going to make a mistake, but they're going to make it going 100 miles an hour. And I, I think that's really what stands out. And what they've done here in the big picture is every single time it seems like, and maybe you can point to a game where it hasn't happened, but pretty much they have taken away the other team's best receiver and number one receiver. Every time you have a, a good player there. C.D. Lamb had nothing yesterday. Before the final drive, he had four catches for 38 yards. Then he got garbage time catches. Think about what, you know, Jamar Chase didn't do much. I know he got hurt late in the game. Mike Evans, um, Garrett Wilson, they've just, Devontae Adams. They take, Tyreek Hill, they take away your best receiver. And I think it's just that scheme and that's aggressiveness. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you highlight coverage here because I said last night on post and again a little bit today, like I didn't feel like this was a game where Dallas up front just like couldn't handle the Bills. I mean, they got some pressure, but it wasn't it was like one of these games where you just, you know, you, wow, look look at this poor quarterback doesn't have time. I just felt like he didn't trust what he was seeing and was holding the ball, and I think they've done a really good job, and especially yesterday. I, I did not see them holding that team down like that on defense no me neither i mean you figured dallas would get theirs it's just the nature of the beast right not that the oh my god it's a tough matchup it's a tough matchup for anybody with them but you figure they're going to get theirs if you told me the bills were going to win with 31 i'd probably think okay 31 28 right you know go away yeah. they're going to score a bunch of points and the bills have to outscore them but i mean they just they just suffocated them they couldn't have anything and you're right bulldog i mean even when Dak didn't get sacked when he got sacked you know a couple of times it was great pressure obviously right away but it's coverage, it's waiting, it's hold on to the ball. And then even a couple of times he had to escape out of the pocket because, you know, he didn't have anything downfield. Even early on, he that first down of the first series, but he didn't have anywhere to throw. You know, but really the other part of it is give the linebackers a lot of credit with this coverage too. I mean, you know, Terrell Bernard is just, he, he's so quick to react. He's really done a really good job. He knows where to be. He's athletic. He can cover space and ground. 
not like Tremaine because he's a freakazoid, Tremaine, you know, his body, but just because of his instincts and where he knows where to be. And I don't know if there's a more improved player on the defensive side from early in the season when he had to play till now than Tyrell Dodson. And Tyrell Dodson is just really understands, and not that he was ever a bad player, I think, but he had specific roles he had to play. Now he's got to do a little bit more all-encompassing stuff, and I think teams were really attacking him in the passing game, and he's even really stepped up his game in the coverage department as well. You know, it's it's pretty clear. It's a, another example, and there have been many of these over the years, where this is really, I think, where Sean McDermott makes his money, right? Like, you have these injuries. It, it's early enough in the season where my reaction, the, the, the first reaction is, well, I mean, there's how are they going to hold up? There's so many, these are key players, Milano, et cetera. And what, what it maybe is good for when it happens early is this opportunity to work with players who are, you know, they've not been the guys you've been counting on before and to, to teach them through the season. So maybe Dodson is a good example of that. It's great. It's right. It's a really good point. A couple of things on that, Mike. You know, when, when you have week four and five, you lose Trey week four, you lose Daquan Jones and Matt Milano week five, and guys are injured. They come in, you know, the next few weeks don't go as well. Look at, I, I was looking at, I think Aaron Schatz today had the DVOA numbers the first few weeks after that, and they were just really poor. And now they've come back again. Well, look, that's time on task, right? I mean, new people having to have different roles. It's not just them understanding. It's the coaches understanding where they have to go. That's what coaching is. Coaching is figuring out what your strengths are and your weaknesses are, where to put people. And I think everybody's kind of tried to figure this out. Now you're to a point where they played together long enough. They understand. Even so much, these little things like, like Bale Inspector played two plays yesterday. Not Dorian Williams, Bale Inspector. He went in in certain packages because they figured out, against this matchup, this is what we want. This is time on task. This is having a lot of time with these guys. But the other part is, you're right about McDermott. He's a really great defensive line. He has really good defensive assistant coaches. And I said this this morning and again on my show, and I want to reiterate it because you have a new audience here. I mean, if there's an assistant coach of the year, Bobby Babich may have to deserves it. Bobby Babich, you think about what he's done now. This is a guy that was a safety. He's a younger guy, younger coach. He comes in, he's a safeties coach. They sign Hyde and Poyer. That guy, like, they grow under him. He was their coach since they came in. And then they have two All-Pros in the whole team one year. Both played that position, his position. You're like, yeah, well, they're really talented. Then his dad retires. They move him to linebackers. Tremaine Edmonds has his best season as a pro, his first year coaching linebackers. Matt Milano becomes an all-pro. And now look what these linebackers are doing. And we could talk all about, you know, you people writing articles or people talking about coaches leaving and, oh, Chad Hall left and the special teams coach and Brian Dayball. Well, you know what? There's a whole heck of a lot of coaches that have stayed here over the years, like John Butler, who's been here, like Bobby Babbage, who's been here, like Eric Washington, who's been here. And that continuity matters, and those coaches haven't gone anywhere, and they're a big reason why these guys are doing what they're doing. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. James Cook, Ty Johnson, for that matter here. Sal, maybe a player that fans don't know too much about, Johnson. He's been around the league a little bit in, in, I think this is his fifth year, Detroit and then the Jets, but he gets a real opportunity yesterday with nine carries, and Cook was almost unstoppable. The stats, like you said earlier, what kind of game is it if you knew the Bills scored 31 points? What kind of game is it if you knew Josh Allen completed seven passes? I mean, right. was right. was it tornado conditions again, or just what would have happened there? I mean, that's, to me, outside the realm. But, of course, they did it by you know going run-heavy early on, and then since Dallas couldn't do anything about it, you just keep going that way. Yeah, that's right. And when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. And they were feeling it all game. I think they knew right away they could run the ball. I think the game plan was to run the ball, right? Look, 
all week last week, I said, and we talked about this on you know, building the game plan. I think I mentioned this uh, with you guys on Friday. The Dallas Cowboys run more dime defense than any team in the league, 60%. And what have we been saying, and I've been coming out here and saying for 10 years, and we've talked about it many times, all three of us, cyclical game, little people in the game. These defenses are built to stop these high-powered passing attacks that are sideline to sideline and athleticism. The Dallas Cowboys are a very fast defense. You know what else they are? They're undersized. And on top of that, they play dime defense. On top of that, Malik Hooker wasn't playing. This was a tailor-made game set up to say, we're going to run at you, we're going to bully you, and see if you can stop us. And they just couldn't do it. And from there, I give credit to Joe Brady was sticking with us. They didn't say, we have Josh Allen, we got to start throwing the ball. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? They didn't do that. They just stuck with the game plan. They kept running at what Bill Belichick once called the little people, right? And Brian Scott and the guys when they were in the game. That's what the Bills did yesterday. And, I mean, those numbers for Josh Allen, if you told me seven completions, less than 100 yards, I would think the Bills would get absolutely rolled in this game. But they didn't because they built a great game plan. They stuck with the game plan. It was working. And they had a lot of confidence to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the defense obviously played into that, Sal. Like, th- this point about Dallas's style, even yep. Rankins being hurt all week, like it was tracking towards he wasn't going to be available to play from early in the week. Like, this was there all week long. I kept running it over with Dallas is going to score, and I'm not going to be able to play this sort of keep-away game with them. And instead, the Bills just mounted, you know, 80-yard, 12-play drive after 80-yard, 12-play drive, and Dallas just kept giving them the ball back. 11 plays, 11 plays, 12 plays, 15 plays. I know that because I had to do these drive times, right, (laughs) on the broadcast. And I'm like, every time I'm like, oh, my God, another huge drive for this team. They kept the ball for 35 minutes. I mean, they just – you know what it is? I know this is – this is goes back to – this is not the X's and O's part of football, but I believe in this. They took their will away. That's what they did. They took their will away. Go ask any offensive lineman. When you're taking the will away from a competitive opponent in a physical game like that, it just matters when you keep going all day. They don't want to play anymore. You're taking their will away to try. and There's nothing you can do. You're getting beat on. You're getting beat down. You just want to get to the bus and go home. And, look, I think that's what the Bills did yesterday. Now, next week, that's a better matchup for Dallas. They're gonna, yes, they're going to be embarrassed, and they're going to have a – they're going to go and they're going to play. They're going to a better showing against Miami just simply because they need a better showing and what happened. But Miami is this finesse offense. Yes, they can run, but they're not a bully run team. They're a speed run team. You watch the Dallas Cowboys next week. That is a team against the Dolphins where they will perform better because their style will match up a lot more conducively. And they won't be cold. Not that or it was sick. A, or, or and sick. They'll have, and they'll have like 80% of the fans in the stadium in Miami. <laughs> yes. Well, Sal, this is nothing new. I mean, really, I think the overwhelming consensus about this Bills team has been, I mean, sure, they're dangerous if they make it. They just have to make it. And the the climb uh, has looked difficult. It looks less difficult now, although we still don't see them in a spot with the Bengals and the Browns, you know, even the Texans still in the mix here. So what's your latest assessment of their chances? I really like their chances. Even if they go 2-1, and one, I really like their chances. But, boy, a couple of games yesterday that, you know, and, and on Saturday, I mean, the Texans, the Titans, so the Titans, the Vikings, and the Bears all just did the Denny Green. They let them off the hook, right? That's what they did. And because of those situations, the Bills are still fighting after it. But I always look at these teams are playing each other. Pittsburgh plays Cincinnati. Now, Pittsburgh, you know, we, we all think they're not going to make it. They're not that good. But they're right there, and they're fighting, so – Give them root for Pittsburgh, right? It, it sucks, yep. but you got root for Pittsburgh on Saturday before they play 
the Bills play on, on Saturday night. And then, of course, you got Houston and um, not Tennessee, who they played, uh, Indy. Houston and Indy are playing each other in a few weeks. Um, you know, so you have these teams. You have Cleveland's going to play Houston. Uh, Houston, obviously, next week. So, right. yes, yeah, somebody's going to get a win in these games, but somebody's going to get a loss. So every time you win, even though you're, one team is staying in, in with you or in front of you, you're jumping somebody, and you only need to two, jump two teams. So as long as you keep pace over the next two weeks, you're going to have a good look at it. I think, obviously, you win out, you're going to make it. I don't think there's any problem there. There is one wild scenario where a lot of 15 games have to break a certain way, and the Bills could win out and still not make it. I don't think that's likely to happen. But I like their chances because I like their schedule going forward. A few weeks ago, we said the Bills have the hardest schedule left in the entire NFL, at least in the AFC. Not the case anymore. They're playing the Chargers and then the Patriots and, of course, the Dolphins. It lightens up here as far as teams with record. You can't take anybody lightly, but I like their chances now. And who knows, guys? I mean, maybe that that game in Week 18, you know, if, if the Dolphins do lose here to the Cowboys, which is possible, and then lose to the Ravens, I mean, are we talking Sunday night football, winner-take-all division? I don't know. We'll, we can discuss that. There will be other uh, considerations there, um, other divisions, other games, Indianapolis and Houston perhaps, as you mentioned, being one where it's win or you're out. And I think you know this maybe better than I do, but I think they like that more. Um, like there's just sort of the, the disadvantages of playing the Sunday night game on the road. Uh, I think maybe we could, we'd have that to talk about too. But yeah, I mean, it would be big, of course. I can't. So Sal, I'm messing around with the playoff machine stuff and I'm toggling the Dolphin games. It really doesn't seem to mean very much to the, ch- the chances of making the playoffs. Like, if the Bills and the Dolphins had the same record going to Week 18, that's almost the same thing as the Bills being one game behind. Correct. Because they would win on ties. So, right. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not getting – I'm trying to mess with it so I can get, like, markedly different numbers here. This is what needs to happen. But whether the Dolphins win these games or not, it's kind of coming out the same for me. Yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is just if the Bills take care of business, it doesn't really matter – um, but the division-wise, of course, if the Dolphins win, they're gonna, you know, they can win the division before Week 18. The Bills cannot do that. The Dolphins can win the division before Week 18, correct? Because they would mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. the Bills two are up. two games behind. That's right. The Bills can't do that. But I, I don't know what the scenario would be. They might be able to clinch a playoff spot before Week 18. I'll say this: I know that Adam Beasley, who covers the Dolphins out of Miami, he tweeted out the other day, and it made me think. He said it's looking more and more like Miami will have to beat the Bills Week 18 to avoid playing them again in Week 19. And I thought, that's interesting. Now, the only scenario I think that would be would be if the Bills beat them, Dolphins would come here the next week in the wild card. That would be very – because Dolphins would be the fifth. Bills would be the fourth, maybe the seed. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about the other way around if you – Well – Beat the Bills and Bills have to go back there. They would would lose a tiebreaker to the Chiefs. Yeah. But the Bills could end up – like 11-6 and maybe ends up as the five seed. And, and not the seven. Well, lots yeah. of ways it can go. Well, right. let me ask you this, Mike. Let me ask you this way around this topic. I was talking to Jeremy this morning a little bit. I know that you want the Jags to lose because they're playing an NFC team. Why wouldn't you? Against the Buccaneers. But if you think about the three-way tie that's going on in the AFC South, it still might be better for the Jags to win it, obviously, yeah. because then you don't have to go head-to-head with them for a wild-card spot. But at the same time, if the Jags do lose and you win next week, you jump them because you have a better record than them regardless of head-to-head. And you can take care of business that way. So I do find that kind of an interesting, you know, way of looking at it both ways, where you, you don't want to be tied with them, so you kind of want them to run away with the division, and you right. can maybe take your chances with being tied with the other two teams there. 
But if they do lose at Tampa next week and you win, you pass them anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Tampa, Carolina, Tennessee, their final three games. But they've lost three straight. And Lawrence is in concussion protocol. And the mm-hmm. Buccaneers have looked really good the last three weeks. So I think this is a, you know, a tough spot for them. And they, they were a team that was talked about being the one seed not too long ago. Right. Sal, forgive me for jumping around here, but you tripped a wire earlier when you mentioned how McDermott a week or two ago talked about Daquan Jones and the potential for him to come back. Someone called me last night, and I remembered that that had happened with Jones, but the caller was asking me about Milano. And to my recollection, I had not heard McDermott say anything, let alone similar. I didn't hear remember any update at all on Milano, if, if there was one. But I'm assuming that, that, that he's not on any kind of a timeline to get back here late in the year or in the playoffs. He did give an update that same day he talked about Daquan Jones. Okay. And what he said was basically Daquan looks like he has a chance to come back, but probably unlikely for Milano. That's what he said. Okay. Unlikely. Now I would tell you this. This is obviously it makes you go, oh, man, you know, maybe just a little bit too too much time or too little time left. But Matt was at the game on the sidelines last night. First time. First time we've seen him. Saw him there. He's on the sidelines walking it. He did not have any kind of walking brace, no crutches. He was, you know, there with his team, helping out, talking. But that was the first time we had seen Matt Milano. I know he's been here in Buffalo rehabbing, but that was the first time he was actually on the sidelines for a game, which is really encouraging, obviously, and the fact that he wasn't using anything to walk. But McDermott did say that it's unlikely he'd be able to come back. So I'm, I'm guessing that the rehab and just the in- nature of the injury itself just doesn't lend itself to that. Okay, Sal, thank you. You guys got it. There's our Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Football Monday on WGR brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Your turn, 803-0550. This win, how do you feel about their chances now versus how you felt before the season started? Are we kind of back here? After beating Kansas City and Dallas, or am I asking for it by basically sounding like I'm, you know, priming for a no because in the playoffs this will happen, it will be bad, and we'll all be sad again. <laughs> Lines are open. We'll talk again after sports here on WGR. Here's the snap. Brits is coming. Prescott is sacked. Jordan Phillips from his defensive end alignment. My goodness. Big Phil with the drop on Prescott. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.